the Bible says in Genesis 2-7 that God formed man. He didn't just speak about man. Everything else he spoke. But God, Pastor Rhonda says it like this, God got his hands dirty. And so he formed us. So that means there took something with his hands and he formed us out of the dust of the earth. Right? And then he breathed the breath of life into us and we became a living being. So I want you to think about that. And then I want you, uh, you'll remember when I talked about it. I just briefly talked about it. But I remember when I was preaching, when I said this scripture, it kind of jumped. And I was like, well, I've never preached on that before. I think Pastor Rhonda has touched on this a little bit. Maybe not even on a Sunday morning, but maybe in, in one of her women's things that she's done. But let's look at Isaiah 64.8. We're going to look out of the King James. And this is going to be familiar to you. Uh, there's pictures of it. Uh, you may have it hanging on your wall. Uh, but we need to get it off the wall and get it in our heart. Hallelujah. But now, O oh Lord, you are the, our Father. We are the clay. Everybody say, I am clay. And, he, and you are the potter. Say, Father God, you're the potter, I'm the clay. It says we are all the work of your hand. And so we know that in the beginning, God formed mankind out of the dust of the earth. And now I want to connect this, and I want you to follow along with me, and I'm going to say some things, and we're going to get going here. Jeremiah 18, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 in the Amplified Classic. So you're going to have to look up on the screen. It says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah is what? He's a prophet to Israel. Verse 2. It says, arise and go down to the potter's house. Whose house? potter's house. And so when there's prophecy, he's prophesying to Israel, but this is in Jeremiah. Remember we're talking about, yes, it's in the old covenant, but we don't throw away the old Testament. Jesus quoted it. The epistles quote it. Uh, the, the covenants have changed, but God's word hasn't changed and God hasn't changed. I don't have time to look at it again. Keep that up. Hallelujah. Um, where'd it go? Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Verse three. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he was working on a wheel. So we got a potter, we got a wheel, all right, and we got words. All right, verse 4. And the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled. So this first vessel wasn't no good. So he made it over. Now let's just stop right there. Don't, don't take the scripture down. What happened is this. He was making something, and it got spoiled, and so he made it again. You and I were once spoiled. Without the new birth, we're still spoiled. Meaning no good. Dead in our trespasses and sins. So God sent Jesus to give us a makeover. I like it when a car gets a makeover, when a house gets a makeover, and when people get a makeover. But there's nothing like a Holy Ghost makeover. And he made it over. We reworking it into another vessel. You're not the old, the old you is what? Dead. You're not the old you anymore. You're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint of God. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been made over. Reworking it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Verse 6. O house of Israel. Now he's specifically talking to them. Can I not do with you as the potter does, says the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. 
And so we're going to be looking at some things. And again, yes, God, so there's some things here. And there's a scripture that most people in our camp stay away from. And the Lord just really dealt with me and dealt with me. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, And and so we're we're going to do it. And we're going to to look. We're going to eventually get to Romans chapter um, 9 here where people uh, don't always understand it. But I want to now I want to take a little side journey. And I want to remind you of some things. You always interpret scripture with other scripture. You always interpret scripture from from us, from our standpoint, as born again, Holy Ghost filled people with the Holy Ghost, the teacher. And we need to, we're not, we don't throw away what we know because this is the things we know. Number one, what do we know? Is it, what is the will of God concerning salvation? How many? And all means So is it the will of God for any of the 8.2 billion people on planet earth to die and go to hell? Is that his will? Did he make a way for them to receive Jesus and go to heaven? In other words, God doesn't send people to hell. Their sin sends them there. Their rejection of Jesus sends them there. Are we sure about that? It is the will of God for how many? Okay, now now some of you are new. You You may not answer this one, but those of you who know, be real bold. Is it the will of God for everyone to be healed It is the will of God. Does everyone receive their healing? No. Do some people, when they get tired, check out a little early and say, I'm going to see Jesus? Yeah. Are we mad at them? Sometimes. (laughs) No, we're not. No, we're not. How many know uh, death has no sting? If the worst thing the devil can ever do to you is push you early to the kingdom of God where you're going to be, to heaven, you're going to be there forever anyway. And he's not. But it is the will of God. See, people, now understanding the will. The will of God is everybody saved. The will of God is people, everybody be healed. But everybody doesn't receive their healing. That's on us. Is it the will of God that everybody be prosperous and blessed? Jesus, oh, that was a little weaker. Jesus became poor that you could become rich. Does everybody walk in their prosperity? No. Again, not on God. Is it the will of God that you have peace? See, I can go on and on and on. Why? Because the word of God is the will of God, and the will of God has been revealed to us. Okay? And so, as we go forward here, I want you uh, to understand that people today are really what the King James calling resting the scripture. To make what they're doing, and they say it like this, and it's scary. God's okay with it. God made me this way. Things like, um, you know, a married man and a, to a woman, a married man and woman, they get, even if they are in agreement, you know, we can't be one man, I can't be a one man woman, or you can't be a one woman man. Even if they agree, that's still called adultery. And that's no good with God. Uh, two people who decide, let's practice being married, because you know that's the way you do it now, that's still called fornication. Okay, hallelujah. Let me give you a word, all right? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is not, um, this is, I knew I was going to need help today. Help me, Lord. I know I'm in the right room. I know I'm in the right room. Um, let's, let's look at this um, in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6. Let's look at verse 9. This is not in your notes. Uh, so whoever's up there, hang with me. 1 Corinthians 6. Let's look at verse 9 in the Amplified Classic. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6. 
Verse 9, I know I just messed you up. Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, misled. Neither the impure and immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality. Verse 10, it's right there. No cheats, swindlers, and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers. And so he, didn't leave, he didn't leave it to any imagination what he's talking about. There, nobody can say, I didn't know. It's written. And God didn't change his mind. And you better not try to say that God said, because this is what people are doing today. Well, because uh, we only use the one that's so obvious, but someone who commits adultery, a man, not me, a man saying, well, I can't just be a one woman man. God made me to have multiple women. And baby, if you're going to be with me, you're just going to have to hang. And she ought to say, you ought to hang your stuff somewhere else. The suitcase is on the curb. And if you've got a man or a woman that says, we need to try this out because we need to see if it works, you too, because if they're one, oh, because if they're not man or woman enough to say, I do, then you're not going to keep them. They're not going to keep you and it's going to fall apart anyway. All this stuff. People are changing today, and I hear people say all the time, well, God made me this way, and they even throw a scripture at you. I am who I am by the grace of God. A loving God made me this way. Well, that's just a bunch of baloney and not scriptural, and it's resting the scripture. And God doesn't care for it. <laughs> no, he just flat don't like it. And Revelation says it's dangerous. It's, da it's dangerous. So this is clear. Is it not clear? Ver <laughs> so you won't inherit what? Now what? Okay, let's look at verse 11. Verse 11. And such of you were once. King J says, you used to be some of these. Say, some of say, I used to be. What happened to you? I got born again. I used to be that. Why? Because sin or sin. But God didn't make you that way. Because if God made you that way, he wouldn't have changed you. And he wouldn't say you used to be. He would say you still are, but now you're going to heaven. That's not what he said. He said you used to be. Everybody say, I used to be. Well, what about those feelings? What about those thoughts? What about that desire? Well, that's the devil. That's your flesh. But everybody say, that's I used to be. <laughs> As some of you were once, but you are washed, clean, purified, and complete. You are purified by a complete atonement of sin and made free from the guilt of sin. Hallelujah, you're even free from the guilt of it. And you were consecrated, set apart, hallowed, and you were justified, pronounced righteous by trusting in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our God. That's just really good. And then it goes on to talk about, we haven't got time to talk about, it, that then the Corinthians are trying to figure it out. The Corinthians thought they found out something that nobody else knew. That they could kill, still sin, kill, still do what they want because they're not under law anymore, they're under grace. And it goes on to talk about, Paul's like, are y'all crazy? Have y'all lost your mind? That's not what it means. At all. And so I wanted to say these things because as the scripture we got ready to look at, as I really want you to get the heart of God, because this 
how many, so let's go back to it. What are we talking about? God is the potter. I am the clay. And so I interjected those things. I am who I am by the grace of God. We can't say if someone's sick, someone says, and I'm not telling you to correct them. I'm talking to you all. I'm talking to you. You're here by choice, I hope. If you're a drug in here, stay put. It'll, be, it'll do you good. God does not select some people to go to heaven and some people to go to hell. God doesn't make some people sick for his glory and heal others. God doesn't make some people rich and some people poor. you got to get rid of that. Because if you don't, the next thing I'm going to talk to you about is going to mess with you. But it won't mess with you if you know the truth. And Scripture divides Scripture, and we need to look at what I'm about to look at instead of shying away from it, because I believe it's a huge problem in the body of Christ right now. God is the potter. We are the clay. Say it with me. Say, God is my potter. I am the clay. So uh, let's look at Isaiah 49, verse number 9 in the New Living. And I could go on and on about some of this stuff, but um, my goodness. Uh, What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Okay, so we're talking about he's the potter, he's the creator. What are you? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it? Saying, stop. I just love this. You're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? Keep going. How terrible would it be if a newborn baby said to his father, why was I born? Or to his mother, why did you make me this way? Verse 11, this is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel, your creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? Everybody say, God is the potter. I'm the clay. Now, what do you know, though? The the potter, according to New Testament scripture, doesn't, salvation is available for everybody. The potter doesn't make sick. Right? The potter doesn't make poor. Anything that Jesus has redeemed you from, that means your clay is free of. Are you with me? Now, if you look at this in context, Isaiah 45 is talking about King Cyrus and how the Lord chose to lift him up and use him. And um, I guess people were questioning, why him? And the Lord is saying, I choose who I choose for the work where I've called them. All right, now let's get into it. Oh, are y'all ready? I think we're done with the introduction. But I had to lay a foundation because, can I be real honest with you? Romans chapter 9, I have stayed away from it for 30 years. I did a Google search. Nobody I highly love and respect has any YouTube video on this. And I mean anybody. Should we ignore any part of the word of God? Why do we ignore it? Because we don't understand it. Do I, am I about to tell you that I've got it all on this one? No. 
But I am going to do what the Holy Ghost said do because he wants to talk about it. So let's look at Romans 9, 10. And once I start reading it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Romans 9, 10, and we're going to do it in the New Living. This son was our ancestor, Isaac. So we got Isaac, and it says, when he married Rebekah, remember Isaac was the chosen one? Remember, they believed, uh, Abraham and Sarah believed God for Isaac. So when he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. Y'all remember that? But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, Romans 9 is talking about the potter and the clay. And if you don't know all the stuff we've just talked about, you're going to read it wrong. It's going to confuse you as it has many people. So first we're talking about the twins. And before they did anything right or wrong, good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purpose. He doesn't choose them for salvation. He doesn't choose them for healing. He doesn't choose them for wealth. He doesn't choose them for peace. He doesn't choose them for living on the mountaintop or the valley. He chooses them for the work they do. Ephesians 2.10 says God prearranged, preordained a path of good works for you. The, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So here we're seeing the twins, and it goes on in verse 12 to say this. He calls people, but not according to their good or bad works. She was told, so it wasn't about how the, the works that either one of these two were going to do. It was about God's choice. Everybody say, the potter made a choice with these two pieces of clay. She said, the older son will serve the younger. Uh-oh, that's wrong. That's not the way this is supposed to be. This is not the way it is. But in this case, God said, the older will serve the younger. Does the older have a choice in that? No. Does the younger have a choice in that? He said, oh, no, 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 not me, not me. No, the younger doesn't have a choice. The older doesn't have a choice. Mama don't have a choice. Daddy don't have a choice. The lump of clay don't have a choice. 13. In the words of the scripture, I it says, I love Jacob, but I rejected Esau. If you really study that rejected out, it's really more of God, for the purpose of leadership, had more favor towards uh, Jacob than Esau. It doesn't mean he hated. King James says he hated. He didn't hate him. He, he rejected him to be the leader just because of he's the potter, we're the clay. Now, see, this is where I, I want you to get it. Do, so do you understand that? This is about doing the works that God has prearranged for you to do. But every one of you, do you all believe this? In your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, God chose you. He didn't choose you for salvation. That choice is on you. He didn't choose you for healing. That choice is on you. He didn't choose you for blessing. That choice is on you. That's what you receive. But as far as who you are and what you're called to be, that choice is not on you. It's, not, it's your discovery to find out who God made you to be. That and then the proper interpretation is, I am who I am by the grace of God. In other words, whatever God has ordained me to be, I'm going to find it out and I'm going to do it with all of my heart. So Jacob and Esau really here had no choice. It's what God made him to be. And in order for them to be happy and content in life, they're going to have to be who God made them to be. Okay? We got that one. Ooh, that one's good, right? Verse 14. 
What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Put that in the New Living too. Because people was like, well, what? What's up with that? But how can they call on him? Romans 9, 14. We went, that's 10. Also oh, a good one. Romans 9, 14. And then keep it a new living for the rest. And we're saying then, is God unfair? Can I ask, remember we talked about this. Is God perfect? Come on, don't, don't go to sleep on me. Is God perfect? Is he righteous? Is he fair? Is he just? Has he ever made a mistake? So if God chooses to use uh, Jacob and not Esau, is, is it okay? Should they be okay with it? Lost some of you. Should they be okay with it? Right? Because God is the potter. Everybody say, God's the potter. What are, what are you? Clay. So God, it's not unfair. So then he keeps going. If he hasn't got you there, oh, he's going to take you back now. Let's look at verse 15. Now this is when people start getting messy. For God said to Moses, um, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. Verse 16. So is it God who decides... So is it God who decides to show mercy? We can neither choose it nor work for it. Verse 17. For the scripture said that God told Pharaoh, I have appointed you for this very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout all the earth. One more. So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some and he chooses to harden the hearts of others so they refuse to listen. So let's go back to Pharaoh. you everybody remember who Pharaoh was? So what is this about? Potter clay. This is all about potter clay. Who's the potter? Who's the clay? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're clay. So, even though Pharaoh didn't serve God, God in his mercy and kindness spoke to him. Pharaoh knew the will of God concerning the children of Israel. God sent him a man and gave him a chance. Didn't he? Because Joseph was there, they built up a lot of wealth. Remember? Where was the children of Israel living? Goshen. Lots of good stuff in Goshen. But God, even before Goshen stuff and the, the, the plague started happening, God gave him a chance, didn't he? So God spoke through Moses to Pharaoh and gave him the will. Faith begins where the so Pharaoh could have had faith to do what? Let him go. Can Pharaoh have faith for anything else? Can Pharaoh uh, not set himself against God unless he lets them go? Because God has spoken his will. And Pharaoh, this is about what Pharaoh does and who Pharaoh is. And you know, this is old covenant, so he couldn't be saved. But he could have agreed with God and be blessed with by God. Others have. And so he wouldn't let them go. So he opposed the will of God. And because he opposed the will of God, his heart was hardened even further. Because remember, even one more time, he's like, if you don't do this, the frogs are coming. And he's like, well, give me one more night with the frogs. Who wants one more night with the frogs? He was really struggling here. And then he did what? He finally did what? He let them go. And remember, the, the children of Israel spoiled the Egyptians. They took their clothes. They took everything, the silver, the gold. Why? They weren't stealing. All that was because of Joseph anyway. They were just getting theirs. The Egyptians were just holding it for a long time. 
Then they came to the Red Sea, y'all remember? What was the will of God? Because here's the Red Sea. God spoke to Moses, who's the leader, for his, Moses' divine purpose was to deliver the children of Israel. That's what he was called to do in his mother's womb. Remember, he tried to do it prematurely on his own strength. Didn't work out. And then on the backside of the desert, God appears to him and said, this is my will for you. Go, go remember, deliver. And he's like, who, who, who am I going to tell him sent me? He said, tell him the great I am sent you. You all remember that? So now they're leaving. Red Sea. God tells Moses what to do to get across it. So faith begins where the? Moses and the people of Israel have faith to go across. Now we got the, we got the Pharaoh and the Egyptian army. What did God speak to him? What, don't forget. What did God speak to him? Let my people go. What can he have faith for right now? What puts him in obedience to God? Even at the Red Sea, when he has done this out of his flesh because he's angry, his heart is hardened, but he has another chance to do what? Obey God and let them go. So the only thing that will work for Pharaoh is to let them go. So, yes, God did raise him up, but he, even Pharaoh, had a chance to just let them go. Didn't he? Y'all read? Y'all know? So don't be confused. Did Pharaoh have a chance to just let them go? Why? Faith begins where the will of God is known. Even though he's not in covenant, he could have let them go. I think he had favor. Pharaoh had favor because he raised up Moses. He could have just let them go, but he couldn't just let them go. So instead, he chose to drown. Whether it was a flood stage or a thimble full of water, whichever one you believe, it was still, they drowned. Why? Because he wouldn't let them go. So you got to remember that when you're reading these scriptures. So God did raise him up, but he was raised up to let them go. And he wouldn't let them go, so his heart got hardened. And he had another chance, even when he chased them, to just let them go. But he couldn't take it. So he drowned instead. Why? The clay said to the potter, I'm not doing it your way. I refuse to obey you. This is potter clay stuff. Y'all good? Hallelujah. Let's go on. This is, this is really good. Romans 19, 19. Well, then you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? So people say, well, then, because this is where sovereignty of God comes. See, I have no control over my life. You know better, the scripture says, you have a will. So that's not what the, so people may blame God, you know, like people say, well, God is sovereign and you're just going to do what he said. Well, did you eat an Egg McMuffin today or did you go to Starbucks or did you have cereal and which one did you have? Did, did God make you eat that certain, did he make you eat Cocoa Puffs instead of Raisin Bran and you know you should have eaten Raisin Bran? You got to watch these vague, broad strokes of theological nonsense. 
You and I have a part. And so here, people are complaining. The Holy Ghost is saying, I hear you all. Well, then if that's the truth, if God just makes us, then we don't have a choice. Verse 20. No. Don't say that. Who are you? Uh Uh-oh, then this is where people don't like it. Are y'all with me? Y'all hang with me. I'm going somewhere. This will help you. This will really help you. This is really helping me. I've been doing this a long time. This really helped me. No, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human? How many know, are you, are you, <laughs> got any humans in the room? <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you, God. But this is not arguing about salvation. It's not arguing about healing. It's not arguing about blessing. It's not, what's it arguing about? The purpose of my life. Why? Because God is the You are the, y'all, it is time to get up on the potter's wheel like never before. I don't know about you, but I don't know. The Lord, I'm I'm putting this hump of clay right back on the potter's wheel. We got to get back to the potter because time is short and he made you and I. I don't care if you're six years old or you're 126 years old. Everybody has a purpose, and God made you, and you really don't have a choice in who he made you to be. You have a choice in salvation. You have a choice of walking in the blessings. You have a choice of all those things. But who he made you, that was on him before you did anything right or wrong. you got to discover that. And how do you discover that? You put your lump of clay on the potter's wheel. I'm not, so it's done. Quit arguing with God. And what he's made you to do. It's, it's frivolous. It's irrelevant. It doesn't go anywhere. Because you're not going to change his mind. Could Jacob and Esau change the mind of God? It's just the way it was supposed to be. Could mama change it? She said, this is out of order. This is not the way we do things here. No. Should the thing that was created say the one who created it? Why have you made me like this? Now, I've heard people say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Or if something major or traumatic is going on in my life, they'll say, well, God did this. But God does not do things that he's redeemed us from. What is this talking about? What is this talking about? This will help you. Even if you've had any thoughts roaming around in there, any things like when you read this through your Bible reading, you just read it and go, well, I don't understand it. I'm moving on. So I'm not going to argue with God. He made me to be, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Listen to me. I had to not argue with God. When he told me to lay accounting down, I was really good at it. And I believed he graced me to do it for a time. But when he told me to lay it down, I, I have stories about I could not pick it up because it would not work. I'm not going to argue with God. So the thing that was created, uh, say to the one, why do you make me like this? In other words, some people say, well, I'm sick or I have this, this thing. Why did you make me like this? No, Jesus has redeemed you from that. This question is about who you were made to be. So in your mother's womb, if he made you an entrepreneur, get your preneuring. If he made you, uh, you know, your purpose was to raise up six kids, you're married, you found your, that's the right one, baby, then then get to making, get to raising. Yeah, there's stuff like that. 
If you're called to be an engineer and that's God's plan for your life, then be the best one. If he's called you to teach in the public schools, then grace, grace be unto you right now. But if that's where he's called you, you stay there with the grace of God. You be the light in darkness right now if that's where he's called you. But See, this is, this is a personal thing that we, the lump of clay, have got to say to the potter, who am I? Why am I here? You know, there's a lot of things that get messed because what's my purpose in life? Well, that can get really messed up if you don't know the whole entirety of this scripture. But before you did anything right or wrong in your mother's womb, God made you into something special. Come on, you don't make no junk. Remember, before we were born again, we were spoiled, and he recreated us in his likeness and his image. And then as he was making this pot, uh, as he was making this pot of clay, he made it for a purpose. Verse 21. When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration? And another, uh, (laughs) New Living is really strong sometimes, to throw garbage in. That doesn't mean, I like the Amplified a little better on that. Um, because people are well, I'm not garbage. No, I don't think that's what he's trying to say here. But every, for, to help everybody out, put that up in the, the Amplified Classic. I meant to put that one there. Because remember, it's a translation. You're not garbage. But whatever God has for you to do, can you put that up in the Amplified Classic, Romans 9, 21? Has the potter right over the clay to make out of the same mass lump one vessel for beauty and distinction and honorable use, another for meal or ignoble or dishonorable use? What is it saying? Uh, someone is, um, you're brought out with the fine china and someone uh, is right there when we're washing the dishes. But everybody's important. If God called me to be a dishwasher in the kingdom of God, I'll be the best dishwasher you ever had. Because I'll get the same blessing as you, you pretty piece of silver. See, it don't matter. When you really get a revelation of this, it really don't matter what he's called you to be. You just be the best you. You just be, the Bible says to compare yourself among yourself is foolish. So what did he make you to do? Verse 21, 22, I'll go back to New Living. Oh, we got to hurry up. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who were destined for destruction. Verse 23. He does, not, he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those who shows mercy, who are prepared in advance for glory. Um, man, and then the rest of the chapter, he's talking to Israel. He's like, get over yourself. I'm, I'm bringing the Gentiles in. You don't have a right to tell me I can't. And that's really what he's saying. Aren't you glad that we all got brought in? So he's telling all that. Um, my goodness. L- let me just, because I got so much more. Are y'all with me? So when you talk about the potter and the clay, God is the Father is the potter, we're the clay. He's not talking about salvation. He's not talking about healing. Have I made that clear? Do y'all understand that? Do most people in the body of Christ know this? They do not. They believe if something's wrong in their life, God made them that way. And that's just the way it is. So there's the devil has lied. So this scripture is about, Romans 9, is about who God made you to be to serve him. It's about your daily life. 
It's seriously about being an engineer or a teacher or an accountant or a chef. It's about where you serve in church, whether it's an usher, whether it's uh, helping in the nursery, the parking lot, doing outreach. Uh, It's your call in the kingdom of God. And he chose you to do that. You have to get about discovering, what is this clay pot for? I found out what I'm for. Now, I have found out there's more in my clay pot than I realized. And I got to get after it. Because uh, it's not just limited. When you find out, that, you know, there, there's things you got to do. And, that, and for the Lord to be pleased. You can take that scripture down. I'm debating on what. Do you remember in Matthew 9? He's talking about new wine and old wineskins. Y'all remember that? How I many you know if you put new wine in an old skin, what happens? It bursts. That's what the scripture says. So think of the wine bottle as something the master created. And so we had to get rid of the old you. Sinners don't know what God has called them to. It's interesting when people get born again. One of the first thing, if you'll really listen, God begins to deal with you about is what you're called to do, your purpose in life. That's why it's such a big thing. Who am I? People get all messed up with it. And they begin to try to seek it out for themselves. What am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? Well, if you'll get, with, if you'll get your lump of clay on the potter's wheel and trying to quit figure out you and just ask the father, the potter, who did you make me to be? In the, where you're at right now, he'll begin to tell you who you are. And then you've got to take steps of obedience to be that, to do that. Everybody in this room, you were created to do something for God. It's not your decision. You can't, and understand what I'm saying. You know, when we have our little children, oh, baby, you can grow up and be anything you want to be. Don't teach them that. If they're born again, if you're born again, you teach them, we're going to find out what God wants you to do, who God wants you to be, and you're going to do it. And mom and dad are going to help you make sure you get there. And you're going to be happy, and you're going to be further along than I was. And mm, it's good to know the will of God when you're a child. So that's what moms and dads are supposed to do. I know it sounds like, oh, baby, you can be anything you want. No, you're going to be who God wants you to be. Because they'll be 50 just like some of you and I are sometimes. Well, yeah, that was 10 years ago. But, you know, see people that don't know it, they're like, my whole life is gone. They have a midlife crisis. What am I supposed to do? You're, there's no crisis. If, I don't care if you're 70. I'm going to put my clay back on the wheel. What do you want me to do? Or, Lord, I think I'm doing... I, I'm willing to put my, my the lump, I'm willing to put the vessel back up on here. Is there anything you need to add? Do you need to reshape me a little bit? Do you need to make me a little bigger? What, whatever it is, you understand? And so, you can't put new wine into an old skin, or it'll break. And so that's why unbelievers can't possibly know what their destiny is. That's why they're frustrated. That's why they're afraid. They have no hope of heaven. They have, they're wandering through life. You and I are not supposed to be wandering anymore. What do you got to do? 
put your clay on a potter's wheel. Lord, who did you make me to be? You gave me all this new wine. Let's get a new wine skin. He puts new wine and new wine skins so that it's ready for whatever's going on. Isn't it amazing? Okay, I'll let you go. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that he put his glory in this earthen clay pot. Some translations will even say. Some thought, the thought is, you're a clay pot. And he put his glory in here. An earthen vessel made from the dust. Who God the potter, when you were in your mother's womb, thought of your whole life. And he thought, oh, what can I do for them? How can I make them the best they possibly can be? Amen.